this talk is really in response to many changes that are happening in our culture, many changes happening in our society. Very quickly, uh, we have become a digital age. And there are many habits that we as Catholics have been practicing for many years. I mean, the habits of the sacraments, participating in the Mass, uh, going to confession, praying every day, living the Beatitudes, following the Ten Commandments, uh, practicing the corporate spiritual works of mercy. Those are habits that we have been called to live for many, many years, centuries, and what we're still called to live. But these habits that I'm going to talk about today are specific to the digital age that we're living in, and little, little habits that we can incorporate to be able to live holier lives, to grow in holiness. So uh, we probably have a lot in common. Um, we use technology because it makes our life easier, or because it's required for work, or um, you know, we use technology to keep up with family and friends who live across the country, or maybe across town, or maybe even across the hallway at home. You, you know it's true. I mean, texting is the new intercom system. Instead of standing up and walking from one room to another, I have done this and maybe you have too, I have texted my husband and my children while we're all at home in different rooms. Now, my talk today is called Holy Habits for the Digital Age, and I'm going to share six habits that can keep us in control of technology so that technology doesn't control us. These are habits we can develop for ourselves, and we can help our children and grandchildren to develop these habits as well, especially when we lead by example. First, I want to give some definitions. What is holiness? Pope Francis said we are called to be holy by living our lives with love and bearing witness to the gospel in everything we do, wherever we find ourselves. Are you a mom? Holiness can be waking up at 2 a.m. to feed your baby. Are you a nurse? Holiness can be treating your patients with love and kindness. Do you drive on I-4 like I do? Holiness can be praying for that aggressive driver that cut in front of you. Wherever you find yourself, there is an opportunity for holiness. That also means online. Do you treat others with love and respect on social media? That is holiness. Pope Francis also said, quote, quote, this holiness to which the Lord calls you will grow through small gestures, unquote. And when you think of gestures, you might think of habits. And Cambridge Dictionary defines habit as something you do often and regularly, sometimes without even knowing that you're doing it. God calls us to develop holy habits or good habits that lead us on the path to holiness. This holiness is expressed through right relationships with God and with one another. And it's shaped each day by what we choose to do and choose to avoid. What is the digital age? Cambridge defines it as um, the present time in which many things are done by computer and large amounts of information are available because of computer technology. Part of this computer technology involves powerful algorithms that are designed to keep us online and connected on platforms. One more definition. What is an algorithm? An algorithm is a computer code um, that makes a recommendation of some kind to a computer user. 
For example, the rankings of an online search. The computer code determines what is relevant to you. On Facebook, for example, there is an algorithm that directs pages and content to display in a certain order. But I'm not sure if you're aware that there are teams of psychologists and behavioral experts working for technology companies, developing strategies for algorithms to keep us using their products as long as possible. In fact, you and I in the computer industry are described as users. And the only other industry that speaks of a customer as a user is the drug industry. <laughs> and for big tech, just like the drug industry, it's all about money. The more we are online, the more advertising revenue big tech earns. How many of you have seen the documentary Social Dilemma on Netflix? Former social media technology executives are interviewed, sounding the alarms that technology platforms they helped develop, about the technology platforms they helped develop. Um, there are former social media executives who don't let their children use social media or own a smartphone. They have concerns about how technology affects young people's brains and an adult brain. In this digital age, we're at risk of losing human touch, human connection, and the understanding of the human person. We're losing our ability to focus, if this hasn't happened already. And as people of faith, we have concerns about losing our understanding of what it means to be a child of God, lose our ability to pray in silence and listen to the voice of God, or losing our experience of God in the natural world and in our neighbor. Could this happen if we become citizens of a digital world with virtual people living virtual lives. I think many of, many of us might agree it's already happening. But God has given us faith and reason and a will to choose the good, choose truth, and choose beauty. And so here are the six habits that maybe we can make better choices for the digital age. The first habit, and I don't think you all have a problem with this one. I heard you all chatty chatty a little while ago. Um, let's see. Engage in conversations often, in person, face-to-face, -face, at least seven minutes. Research shows that many human interactions are needed to form strong, healthy relationships and to form healthy human development. They can, these interactions can involve a mother smiling at her baby or friends walking together on the beach looking at a sunset. But they do include long and meaningful conversations. According to sociologist Sherry Turkle, there is a seven-minute rule in conversations. Basically, most conversations start out with small talk, but with patience and focus, they can progress into productive, memorable moments centered on what matters most in our lives. But most of our daily conversations never get past, hi, how are you? Good, thanks, how about you? Or, in texting lingo, OMG, BRB, LOL. When conversations and interactions are mediated through technology, we are limited in our ability to hear tone and inflection and to pick up on the verbal and visual cues that reflect a person's heart and help us to understand, empathize, and extend compassion to one another. Could technology be interfering with our ability to have meaningful conversations? I think we would all agree yes. And Amy Crouch, who wrote My Tech Wise Life, she was researching technology um, 
And she, her research showed 68% of us acknowledge that electronic devices keep us from having real conversations. So we can turn off our notifications on the phone, put the phone in another room so we're not tempted to glance there, or take off your smartwatch and put that away too. That would be a blessing. And while you're at that, try that with prayer. What if you could give 15 minutes to God each day and engage in conversation, listening, and contemplation with no distractions? That would be a blessing to you. Most families today are finding it difficult to pray together, attend weekly mass, and practice the traditions and devotions of the past. However, we're all seeking more love, joy, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and even self-control. These are gifts of the Spirit that God wants to bestow upon us. So, um, as you might have heard Father Pat Patrick Payton, who came to be known as I'm sorry, as you may know, Father Patrick Payton, who came to be known as the Rosary Priest, said, "The family that prays together stays together." So let's prioritize prayer and the sacraments. So just as a remember, the first habit is engage in conversation and prayer, often in person, face to face for at least seven minutes. I was going to have an activity, but I said, no, that's okay. You don't need that. All right. Holy habit number two, be present to the people in your lives. So one time I was baking banana bread with my daughter when she was around nine years old, and the recipe called for a cup of sugar. Without paying much attention, I grabbed a jar from the pantry and poured the white substance into the bowl. It wasn't until I had finished breaking, baking the bread that I realized I had poured salt instead of sugar. <laughs> Needless to say, the bread tasted awful. Now, baking banana bread to bond with my daughter was a great experience, but I overlooked an important detail that kept us from enjoying what we had made. So I want to ask you, what details might you be missing because of a preoccupation with media, technology, or digital devices? What details might your children be missing because of excessive use of digital devices? Using the wrong ingredient in a uh, recipe does not have long-lasting or should not have long-lasting consequences. But a digital divide that separates families and keeps us from authentic human interactions might. Is your digital use keeping you from giving and receiving compassion, practicing patience, and being present to your loved ones? Is it distracting you from noticing how God is present in your life, in your family, and in your relationships? These are important details you don't want to miss. Do you remember what life was like before drive through restaurants? Anyone? <laughs> there was a time when you were required to park your car, walk into a building, and speak to a human being in order to expect food, a meal, or a drink. But now, in addition to drive through restaurants, I mean, you know, some restaurants are now replacing cashiers with kiosks. And after a few clicks, your meal will appear. Not a single conversation, eye contact, or human interaction is required. Given the overwhelming use of technology, if we want our children and our families to have healthy human development, we will need to create intentional moments for human interactions. As our culture accepts and even welcomes more virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and robotics, some believe our humanity will be harder and harder to recognize. 
If we make choices and develop habits that prioritize the simple touch and face-to-face interactions with charity and love, we respect our dignity, the dignity of others, and the dignity of Christ. When I was young, my favorite show was Gilligan's Island, right? It was a show about seven castaways stranded on a desert island. The show stopped production in 1967, but the reruns aired during my childhood, and I watched them all again and again. Each character had their own quirky personality, and I grew to know each one quite well. The fact is, I knew more about those characters on that show than people in my own family or in my own school. In our digital environment, it's even easier for us to get to know people online. Social media influencers, celebrities, artists, politicians. But how well do we know the people in our neighborhoods and families and churches? Jesus was clear when he said the two greatest commandments we must follow are to love God and to love our neighbor. When we think of a neighbor, we think of the people closest to us. God wants us to know and love the people closest to us. That can be messy. People can choose to hurt our feelings or reject us. But with God's grace, we can focus on the people around us and grow closer to them. So as a reminder, the second habit is to be present to the people in your life. The third holy habit, and this might be a little shocking to some people, but allow yourself and your children to be bored. I don't know, I think that, I know when I was younger, I think that I never wanted my children to be bored, and I I didn't like being bored either. But I've learned that it's okay to be bored. In fact, it's more than okay. In the age of smartphones, video games, and tablets, we never have to be bored. And I know that parents rely on these tools to help children behave during long car rides, in restaurants, and even at home when a digital babysitter is needed. My children watched TV, and it gave me a break that I needed for other responsibilities or just downtime. However, if we never allow ourselves to experience boredom because of our digital diet, we are losing something important. Amy Crouch, who at the age of 20 wrote My Tech Wise Life, expressed it this way. If we spend too much time in virtual worlds, our sense of wonder may be in danger. To experience wonder is to be filled with awe, admiration, or amazement. Experiencing boredom gives us the opportunity to appreciate or to be in awe of what's around us. And that opens us to the wonder of God. I hope I'm not boring you now, I'm just thinking. (laughs) But it's okay to be bored, so it's okay. In times of boredom or quiet, We are able to reflect on little questions such as, why am I a morning person? And also the big questions such as, why am I here? Boredom has also been shown to increase creativity and proven to help our brains to relax after too much media and stress, which yes, those two are related. Experts also believe that learning to endure boredom helps us to develop self-control skills, such as the ability to regulate our thoughts, emotions, and actions. We need boredom to stop the busyness and to see the wonder of our world. And that ultimately leads us to encounter the wonderful and the wonder of God. A very popular diet fad fad is intermittent fasting. But fasting for spiritual reasons is a practice that goes back centuries and is grounded in biblical truths. St. Augustine said, 
fasting cleanses the soul. And as you know, we're coming up on Lent pretty soon, one of the three areas of concentration for Catholics who seek to repent for their sins and be renewed in Christ's love. Have you decided what you will fast from? Pope Francis invites all families to consider if we may be too reliant or even addicted to digital media. Last year at Lent, he said, addiction to digital media impoverishes, impoverishes human relations, relationships. So just as a reminder, the third habit is to let yourself be bored. The fourth habit is to find time for silence. When I get into my car, the first thing I do is buckle my seatbelt. The second thing is switch on the radio. I do these things without even thinking. They're habits deeply ingrained into my routine. But sometimes I decide uh, to drive in silence, even though I'm on the only person in the car, and music would be a nice way to pass the time. But I intentionally choose to spend time in silence. When was the last time you all spent time in silence? Um, Pope Benedict XVI said, in silence, we are better able to listen to and understand ourselves. And this is what compels me to actually drive to work in silence. I need the mental space to freely explore my thoughts, my concerns, and myself without the influence of media and technology. Silence um, also helps us to truly hear another person, not only their words, but their heart. So I wonder, as many of us crave deeper human relationships, perhaps we can make more time for silence. Perhaps this silence will give us time to pray about who God has made us to be, what is our purpose, and how we can strengthen our relationships through authentic communication. Because a silent heart can hear God's whisper. So just as a reminder, the fourth habit is to find time for silence. The fifth habit is to set time limits on phone usage as well as video games, computer usage, and digital devices. When my children were young, a digital timer was a helpful parenting assistant. I set the timer to let my children know how long they could play, when it was time to do chores, brush their teeth, and even to sit and think about what they had done, also known as timeout. The timer had a simple authority that was hard to dispute. It announced the transition from one activity to another with a high-pitched beep that demanded our attention. Do we carve out this kind of time for our daily activities in such an intentional way, especially when it relates to our smartphones and digital devices? Without clear boundaries or time limits, a smartphone can creep into every aspect of our lives without us even realizing it. This should concern us, especially since frequent mobile phone usage has been associated with stress, sleep problems, and symptoms of depression. Also, our brains release dopamine, a feel-good chemical, when we receive notifications, likes, and shares on our social media. This can lead to cell phone addiction, unless we are self-aware and vigilant. One question to ask yourself and to ask God is, are you using apps and digital devices to avoid something or someone that needs your attention? Perhaps even avoiding God? We only have today to be present to those we love, and we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Did you know the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that children under two have no screen time, and children under six should have an hour or less of screen time per day? Now, when my children were young, I had no idea what the experts recommended. I did know that Teletubbies, though, mesmerized my daughter, <laughs> and the program seemed harmless. 
It also provided quiet time for catching up on chores and other responsibilities. But since that time, I have learned that it's more about the media and its effects on children. It's not just the content on the screens that can harm in a child. There are plenty of shows, videos that seem harm harmless, perhaps even helpful, but we still need to place severe limits on children and screen time. One study in 2019 found that children who spent more time than the recommended amounts on screens at age two and three had poorer performances on screening tests for behavioral, cognitive, and social development. In other words, more screen time was linked to developmental difficulties. And as Catholics, we believe that God created us out of love to love. That's why loving and healthy relationships are essential to development. Too much screen time is shown to impact our social development. How can our faith help us to protect our little ones and ourselves from the dangers of screen time? Screen time. By practicing the virtue of temperance. When we practice temperance, we control our passions. Saying no to the screens may actually make us feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's just like gaining muscle that can cause some pain initially. Saying no to the comforts of screen time is hard. But just like we grow stronger by working out, we become free to focus on who and what is important when we turn away from screens. Turning to one another, and especially to God in prayer, will help us on this path of temperance, developing the healthy habits to find peace and harmony in our lives. So just as a reminder, the fifth habit is to set limits on phone usage, as well as video gaming, computer usage, and digital devices. The sixth and last habit that I'm going to talk about today is to create an environment that promotes human interaction. Okay? Create an environment. Just like here, the tables, the way that they're set up so that you can look at each other with these round tables, that's what it means to create an environment that promotes human interaction. I do my part to recycle everything I can. I also drive a hybrid car which uses less gas. I avoid plastic bottles as best I can because I care about the environment as most people do. By studying our ecology, we learn about the relationship between humans and the environment so that we can make better choices to protect the systems that support life, such as air and water. In media ecology, we study and become more aware of the communication systems around us and the relationship between media and people. We study how the media impact our lives in ways we don't always notice. For example, the, need to const the constant need to check our smartphones. This is a habit many of us have developed. Okay, I saw you over there. It's okay. <laughs> this is a habit many of us, including myself, have developed, and we often don't realize how frequently we do this. It can lead us to become distracted because our, our attention is never truly on a particular topic because of an underlying need to check our phones. I have sometimes felt uncomfortable if my phone is not within a few feet. To make space for grace, let us be aware of our media ecology and how our physical, mental, and spiritual health are affected by the environment we create. Because we were made for social relationships and we were made for God. How does the media in our life strengthen our relationships or harm them? Just like we're making better choices to protect the earth, let's make better choices to protect the systems that are in place to support family, friendships, faith, prayer, community, and authentic human interactions. Our media will give life to these or destroy them. For example, Andy Crouch, husband, father, and author, wrote My Tech Wife's Family in 2017. 
And when, he, when the iPod was released in 2001, he purchased one for his family. But he called it the WePod because he wanted it to use it as a tool for interaction, not isolation. In Greek mythology, Midas was a king who turned everything he touched into gold. Having the Midas touch is now synonymous with being able to easily turn a profit. But what value does the human touch have in our world? It seems like some businesses celebrate a lack of human touch. For example, contactless is now a benefit. I stayed at a hotel recently, and with online check-in and the app on my phone, I never had to speak to or see another human being to access my room. Unfortunately, a lack of human touch is causing many people to feel isolated and alone. This was already a reality for many when COVID happened. But especially during lockdown, people could go weeks and months without human contact. In prison studies, isolation is the cruelest form of torture. Prisoners will start tapping to see if anyone is on the other side, to see if anyone responds. Now so many of us only touch our phones. The Catholic Church is an incarnational church. Jesus became human to touch our wounds, our brokenness, to heal us and to bring us forgiveness. We are called to be like Jesus. We're called to be in touch with our brothers and sisters, despite our frailties and weaknesses to show love. This is the human touch that lifts our souls. We're not turning a prophet, but we're turning to one another to share the love of Christ. We start as babies thriving with the human touch of our parents and thrive and throughout our lives. This closeness to people we love is essential for our survival. So as a reminder, the sixth habit is to create an environment that promotes human interaction. In conclusion, it's never too late to incorporate these habits into your life. You can start small, you can take baby steps. Have you tried fasting from social media, streaming, or apps? Have you noticed any changes in yourself or your family after fasting from digital? Have you noticed changes in your friends or spouse or children? Here's what I discovered after fasting from digital each Friday during last Lent. I discovered that I became more aware of the people around me and drawn to interact with them more than usual. I was generally more interested in speaking with others, even if it was only for a few minutes. This is probably related to our human need to connect with others. And if we can't meet that need on digital platforms, we'll find ways to connect in real ways with real people around us. I, discover I, I discovered I didn't need to know news as it happened, or even the day it happened. I discovered instant messaging didn't need my instant attention. My WhatsApp group would be fine with waiting a day for my response. If it's truly urgent, I said, someone will call me. I discovered time to pray the Stations of the Cross, read a book about St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, have in-depth conversations with my husband just for fun, and call an old friend to share sweet memories. I discovered grace-filled moments that I could have easily missed. The point of this talk is not to convince you to give up on YouTube and text messaging or to go back in time before you know, Facebook, robots, and smartwatches. The point is that we should never let technology interfere with the great gifts God freely gives us. Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me today. God bless.